Welcome to Eat Blog Talk, where food bloggers come to get their fill of the latest tips, tricks, and insight into the world of food blogging. If you feel that hunger for information, we'll provide you with the tools you need to add value to your blog, and we'll also ensure you're taking care of yourself because food blogging is a demanding job. Now, please welcome your host, Megan Porta. Hey, food bloggers. Do you ever get caught up in the confusion about how in the world you are going to make money? Take the free quiz I've put together for you that is going to help you get to the bottom of this problem. Go to eatblogtalk.com forward slash quiz to find out which stream of revenue is the next perfect one for you. Your results will be personalized based on your answers, and they will provide you with action steps and resources that will help you launch into monetizing your blogging business in a new way. There are truly so many ways to make money as a food blogger, so don't waste another second. Again, go to eblogtalk.com forward slash quiz and get started on your next revenue stream today. Hey guys, just reminding you to head over to iTunes if you haven't already to subscribe, rate, and review Eat Blog Talk. It adds value to this podcast when you do that, and I would be so grateful for your time. It will take two minutes, press pause, go do it, and come back and keep listening. Hello, food bloggers. Welcome to another episode of Eat Blog Talk. Thank you so much for joining us today. I am super excited. I have Daniel Blue with me from Quest Education, and we're going to have a conversation about how to turn struggles into successes. Daniel is a Forbes contributor, and he's also owner of a seven-figure business called Quest Education, which aims to empower people and provide more freedom over one's finances. They focus on giving resources and providing education for individuals to maximize control over their money and provide customers with world-class service. Super excited to chat with you today, Daniel. Thank you for your time. But first, we all want to hear your fun fact. Fun fact, I have one kidney. I was born with what's called a horseshoe kidney. And uh, so... No one better ask me to donate a kidney because I don't have two. I only have one. Well, you and my oldest son have that in common. He was also born with one kidney. So, yeah, it's just like a... super rare. Yeah, it's not super uncommon, though. Like, you hear randomly, like, other people have it, and it's such a random thing. But, wow, yeah, very interesting. Well, thank you for sharing that. I'm so excited to talk to you today about how to turn struggles into successes, especially as a food blogger. I don't know if you're super familiar with food blogging, but I feel like we are constantly pummeled with all of this, quote, like bad stuff, like Google algorithm changes, updates. It's like Pinterest changed everything. So every source of traffic just gets pummeled once in a while and we have to take the brunt of it. And it's hard to keep going and to see those as actually opportunities, you know, for success. So let's dig into this. I would love if you just talked through some of the ways that you've been able to take your struggles and turn them into successes. Yeah. One of my favorite quotes is success is on the side of your struggle, right? Like success is waiting for you. If you just picture success just waiting for you on the other side of your struggle because we all have struggles I'm, I'm no different i'm not special in any way shape or form um but i guarantee every single one of the struggles that you're going through or you've been through you've come out a stronger wiser better person right so when you're going through that storm when you're going through that struggle it's easy to 
have the mindset of I can't catch a break or like nothing's going right or like am I going to make it out of this storm? It's easy to, to think like that, but just got to remind yourself that you know failure and struggles like that that's where you can really learn and uh, get better because it's hard to get better if uh, you know success is is a bad teacher they say and, and I truly believe that. So you know for me. Um, I just happened to fail a lot when I was younger, um, 18 years old. I dropped out of school. I dropped out of college. I uh, ended up getting my daughter's wife or my daughter's mom pregnant. Um, so 18, 19 years old, I'm a college dropout. Just had a, a baby girl. Um, and then I also happened to get addicted to Oxycontin at 18 years old as well. So I was a, a knucklehead from 18, 19, 20, uh, making a lot of money in sales, but also you know, spending more than what I was making, uh, messing up my credit, owing money and back taxes. Um, I didn't grow up with money. So when I was making, you know, six figures, I didn't know how to handle the money. So now I'm 32 years old. Um, I spend way less than, than what I make. Um, and, you know, I have, I have a business with 13 employees. Uh, we're doing seven figures, but I wouldn't be able to do what I do today had I not struggled and and failed a bunch of times and that that's we, we just have to embrace those struggles we're going to come out better wow your story is inspiring so lots of stuff early on in your young adulthood that you faced and then you managed to turn it around that's so inspiring so how did you start recognizing it you know like i need to actually make changes and i guess like what pulled you out of that did you have like a moment or was it you know, like a combination of moments or how did that go for you? Yeah. So my moment was Thanksgiving 2009 and my daughter was six months at the time. Um, keep in mind, I wasn't even at the hospital when my daughter was born. The first two weeks I was not in her life. I was just so high on Oxycontin. Um, but I, I came back around and, uh, you know, was in her life uh, in the first few months. Um, but she was six months old in November of 2009, it was Thanksgiving. Um, I remember it just like it was yesterday. My family was at my house. We were making turkey. I had my daughter there. And I remember telling my family, I'm like, hey, I'm just going to go to the gas station and get some gas and grab a Red Bull. I'll be right back. Um, but that was a lie. I really went to go try to get some pills. And I was not able to get pills that day. All of the drug dealers in town were having turkey. Um, so they weren't answering my phone call. And um, I just remember in my car, just realizing I was not going to get my pills that day. And um, for those of you that don't know, Oxycontin, uh, and even like you'll hear Percocet, Loratab, you know, that that family of pills is called opiates, basically uh, heroin in the form of pills. So when you stop taking those pills, you get sick. Um, you start sweating, you start throwing up. Um, you really feel like you're, you're having the flu, um, but you're just withdrawing. So I just knew what was coming um, around the corner now that I was in my car and I wasn't going to be able to get my fix. Uh, and I just remember sitting in the car. I was just like, what am I doing with my life? Like, it was like the first time I actually had like a sober conversation with myself. I'm like, you know, my daughter Bella is six months old. She's not even old enough to know her dad's a deadbeat douchebag and, and excuse my language. But I'm just like, man, like, is this like why like God put me on earth? Like, is this what I'm meant to do? Like my daughter's gonna be five years old, ten years old, fifteen years old before I know it. Like, is this the example I want to set? And I just remember just asking myself some some deep questions, and I got to a point I'm like, okay, I gotta make a change. And I had tried to get clean probably four or five times prior to that, 
But uh, I ended up the next day making a few phone calls and uh, I moved cities. Um, and uh, I knew if I can get into a new city, um, brand new phone number, brand new friends, and just have a fresh start, I know I could get clean. And uh, I've been clean for 11 years now. Oh, my gosh. That's such a great story and good for you. Just that moment in your car that I'm sure you will never forget, right? Like sitting there and just having a real conversation with yourself, like, what the heck am I doing? And that was enough to turn you around, like looking into the future, thinking about your daughter. And I think when kids are involved, it somehow makes it more real. Like we can beat ourselves up, but when we're doing it in front of our kids, then we're like, oh, whoa, this is not cool, right? Don't you think that your daughter kind of gave you an extra like little slap in the face? Yeah. Um, unfortunately, though, at the same time, I mean, my mom uh, worked in social service. She was a, a CPS, child protective uh, service worker. So, I mean, her job was going in and out of jails and, you know, taking kids and, and, you know, moving from their house into shelters. And so like, she's dealt with a lot of drug addicts. And unfortunately, there's a lot of people still abusing drugs with kids. You know, I was one of them, right. You know, six months, I was still doing it with my daughter there. So yeah, I, I agree with you also, like you have to be real with yourself. I was in denial for so long and people like to just you know, mask and, and not look at themselves in the mirror and be honest with themselves. And you don't want to do that because you don't want to point the finger. It's easier to point the finger at someone else and not take responsibility. Um, so definitely that taught me about like self-awareness and just owning it. Like we're responsible for where we are. If you're not happy with where you are in your life, if you're not where you want to be financially with your relationships, with your business, like no matter what it is, your health, it's because of the choices that you made last year, six months ago, three years ago. Like we are our choices. And unless you can accept that, like it's going to be hard for you to, you know, have true growth. Wow. Yeah, I totally agree with that. Um, so if you talk about like you're making those decisions, new decisions in your personal life and how they transferred over to your business, like I don't know what you were doing for work at the time. But I guess I'm asking, like, if you believe that you need to make a decision in your business, do you start with you? Yeah, I mean, it definitely starts with me um, and it ends with me, right? Um, being the, you know, quote unquote CEO. Uh, it's, it's hard to call myself a CEO when I have 13 employees. I, I like to think of like a CEO as like having a board and like 100 employees, right? That could just be a limiting belief of mine. Um, but to, to your your question, it definitely starts with you, but... You, you do have to have the right people in, in your corner to get other perspectives. Like, I don't want to be surrounded by people in my business life and my personal life that just agree with me. You know, like, I, I want to hear another perspective. I want to hear thoughtful disagreement. I want to hear a different way of thinking. That doesn't mean I'm always going to change my mind, right? But I've changed my mind a bunch of times just based off of new information, just based off of facts. And in business, you, you have to be willing to adapt, I think that's one of the key ingredients to being successful in business, because if you just go in thinking that you know everything, then I feel like that is a recipe for disaster. It never works out. And you do have to open your mind and be willing to see things in a different way. Um, so what do you have any tips for that? Because I think that might be more common than we think, like just um, based on the interactions I've had within the business world. A lot of people think they're right, right? And so what tips do you have for forcing yourself to look outside of your own opinions? Ask yourself this. Do you want to be right or do you want to help people and make money? 
Like notice how I said, help people and make money. Like it's hard to make good money without helping people. So to me, those two go hand in hand. If I'm saying I want to make money, inherently I'm saying I want to help people. And helping people and making money at the same time in business is the home run, right? That's, that's what we want. So if you think you know everything, like how much money do you have in your bank account? How much money do you have in, in your investments, right? Like be real with yourself, right? Like what's your credit score? Um, what, what, what's your network look like? Like, do you have amazing relationships in business, right? Like, are you struggling to keep afloat, right? Like I had to get real with myself multiple times in business where, you know, my, my business bank account is looking really, really bleak. I'm maxed out on credit cards. And there was definitely times where I caught myself or like, I, I know what I'm doing, but then like, no, I don't. Because if I did, I wouldn't be with credit card debt. I wouldn't have a, you know, a super low bank account, <laughs> you know? So like, that's where ego, ego comes in, but you also do have to have ego. Like you do have to have confidence because especially in the very beginning, not a lot of people are going to believe in you and, and you have to be ultra confident that you're going to make it happen and you're the best of the best and you deserve happiness but you have to back that up and it's okay to ask questions. It's okay to ask help. I still ask for help all the time, right? I, if I don't know something. I'd rather ask somebody that is farther along than me and get good advice instead of, well, oh, shoot, I don't want to ask him because like, then he's going to think like I'm not doing well. <laughs> right. Like that's, that, yeah. that's not, that's not real. Life. Right. Exactly. I love that. That's a great way to frame that. I was wondering if I could give you an example of something that we food bloggers in our worlds kind of see consistently and we consider it to be a quote failure. Um, but I've been in this world of food blogging for 11 years now. So I feel like I have different eyes where I can look back and say, oh, that was not a failure. This is actually an opportunity for growth. But I would love to get your perspective on this and just give other food bloggers maybe some tips about how to see this differently. So I mentioned earlier that um, Google is sometimes a nemesis. Um, I mean, Google provides us a lot of traffic and it can be a really good revenue, source of revenue for a lot of us. But they are really good at like, you know, changing things up consistently, which means that our traffic can go up and down, our revenue can go up and down. And it's really frustrating because this is happening more and more often. So a lot of food bloggers perceive those changes in Google and Pinterest, like the main platforms where we get our traffic as being bad, like they're perceived failures. Like I, my traffic dipped and that's a failure. And from my perspective, it's not, it's just part of the journey and it's an opportunity to change things up and grow and learn and, you know, evolve in different ways. So I would love to get your thoughts on that. Like how can we change that particular issue into something good? It's just a setback, right? And I wouldn't label that as a failure with the example you're giving me. Like I would call that a setback. So what do you do? Like, and so what? Like, that's not going to be the last time there's a setback. So what are you going to do about it? Like, are you just going to cry about it and complain and do nothing about it? Or are you going to ask questions? Okay, why did this happen? What can I do to make sure it doesn't happen again? Or what can I do if it does happen again? I'm not in the same spot where I'm relying on this one source of traffic. And it ha if it happens again, which it sounds like it probably will happen again, how can I make sure I don't have all my eggs in one basket and I have other sources set up again? Like it's shifting your mindset to look at it as you made the choice 
to rely on traffic from that one source and you're at the mercy of that one source. And if that one source changes whatever they want to change, algorithm, whatever it is, that that's real life. Like that's going to happen. So what are you going to do about it? So really embracing it as just a part of the equation, right? Like you are accepting it. You chose this source of of traffic and revenue. So embrace it. And then also you could use it as an opportunity to diversify and find other ways to grow. Yeah. I mean, because I bet you there's people in the food block space that you're looking at right now that are doing it way bigger than how you're doing it. And I love looking at people that are succeeding. I think a lot of people see success and they get triggered because they have their own insecurities and you can call it hate or shade or whatever you want to call it. They're just not confident with themselves. So they're projecting their biases on onto others where they see them successful uh, and they're hating quote unquote. Like I love seeing other people succeed. And if you're a food blogger right now, and I'm sure you can name one or two people that are just crushing it. How are they crushing it despite the same setback that, and same challenges that you're probably facing, right? Like you said, they're probably finding other ways to diversify. It's an opportunity. Like if they can do it, why can't you? So what you just said is failure. So if you perceive a failure in front of you, it's actually an opportunity. I love that. Yeah, for, for sure. Failures, it's an opportunity to learn and it's an opportunity to, to shift. Um, you know, I, I failed a bunch last year. You know, COVID was, was tough on my business. Um, you know, I had to work from... Um, working together with 13 employees and seeing each other every single day to work in remote. Um, you know, I had a lot of my affiliates, a lot of my sources of income dry up. Um, you know, financially I went through times where I didn't make money. Um, I had to pay my employees and pay the expenses for my business and I didn't make money for a long time. Um, those were setbacks, right? I just learned, okay, like what can I do differently next time? How can I, take these setbacks, take these quote unquote failures and get better and wiser because that that's not going to be the last time I face that business is not easy. Like that's, I think we just have to remember that business. If it was so easy, everyone would be doing it, you know, and everyone would be doing it forever. Right. But businesses go out of business a lot. Not everyone makes it because they quit too early. It gets too hard. They have too many setbacks and they just give up. Right. So this thing is not easy. But there's a reason why you chose the game. You chose the game because you want time freedom. You want financial freedom. You want to be able to spend more time with your kids, your family, go on vacation. You don't want to have to worry about money. Well, getting all that stuff is not going to be easy, but it's going to be worth it. I love that. And I think for food bloggers anyway, speaking for us, we see those really successful food bloggers who have just absolutely killed it. They started maybe 10 years ago and they're like honestly millionaires and they've just figured it out. And it's easy for us to see those, that level of food bloggers and just, just to be like, well, I can do that. If they can do it, I can do it, which I totally believe. But you're right. There's a part of the equation that is really necessary, and that's taking action and doing the work, doing the hard work, and not giving up because it's not an easy journey. It wasn't easy for them. It wasn't easy for the successful people, and it won't be easy for you. And just kind of accepting that as um, truth. Choose your hard, right? It's going to be hard no matter how you look at it. Um, There's plenty of people out there that are working for companies that they don't like, they don't feel appreciated, they're not making enough money, and that's hard. All right, well, the alternative 
is having your own project, your own business. That's hard too, right? Choose your heart. The harder it is, the harder the challenge is, the more value is going to be on the other side. Because easy stuff that doesn't take a lot of effort and doesn't tax you mentally, physically, financially, what's on the other side, that value, it's probably not that valuable. Right? But the bigger the stress, bigger the challenge, probably a bigger award waiting for you on the other side. And I always think of this too, um, hard. It's hard to be worrying about money all the time and to be worrying about where my next revenue stream is going to come from and to be stressing about making your mortgage. Like that to me is way harder than anything I do in my business. For sure. And that's a great perspective. And and you have to remind yourself of that because that's very true. Yeah. I almost feel like if, if people just mapped them that out, like that concept out on paper and just put it visibly where they could see it, it would be so much easier to get through those hard stretches of business and work because you would see, like you could just compare it right in front of you. Like, okay, this is hard. This day is hard. This week is hard, but look at the other hard. That hard sucks. I don't want to go there. That's simple, right? That's connecting the dots. It's simple to understand, but we forget about it. Humans naturally like to complicate things. You know, another simple thing to remember too, you know, so many people are afraid of failing, right? Okay, so what? If you fail and your business doesn't make it, you're probably just going to go back to your job that you left. You're just going to go back to where you were before. Like, <laughs> that's, that's your worst case scenario if you fail with your business. You're just going to go back to where you were. Now, where you were, you weren't happy, which is why you left that job or you started this project, to hopefully replace your income but if it doesn't work like you just go back to where you were and then go back to the drawing board and adjust and try again like you know so something like that too is just very basic just simple logic way of thinking but you know we like to get ourselves worked up and you know base our decisions and are thinking more off of emotions instead of just facts. Yeah, that's something else I've been trying to do recently is just thinking of that worst case scenario. Like if this project, for example, doesn't work, what will be the absolute worst outcome? And then, you know, I consider that outcome. The world is not going to end. I'm not going to lose my home. Like everything's mostly going to be still intact. So then, okay, that's I'm willing to dig into it knowing that that is the worst possible you know, outcome. We make things a bigger deal than they are. The world is not going to end if that project doesn't work or if Google completely removes you from their <laughs> their page. Is there anything else, any other tips, words of wisdom you have for people listening who might be caught up in their struggles right now in business and just feeling overwhelmed? Um, if it's a financial stress, right? Like it's a lot. You're going to add a level of stress financially if, if you've got debt weighing on you like i just know when i was working in in business and and doing my business when i had a bunch of debt that was high interest like that weighed on me so right now if you've got you know more than ten thousand dollars in credit card debt and it's high interest and you also happen to have a 401k from an old job or an ira um, what my company does is we teach people how to access money in their retirement accounts penalty and tax-free and so a lot of people that we've helped over the years you know, they come to us with ten, twenty, thirty thousand dollars in credit card debt, paying twenty percent interest. Meanwhile, they have this four hundred one k or IRA of theirs that's let's just say making eight percent a year on their money. 
Well, if you're paying the banks 20% in interest on your credit card debt, and then your retirement account is making 8% a year, 8% is a lot lower than 20%, right? So you're losing money faster than you're making money. On top of that, this credit card debt is probably stressing you out, probably lowered your credit score. You're losing a lot of money in interest. So one option to look at is taking money from a retirement account, penalty and tax-free, pay off the credit card debt in one shot. Now you're not having to worry about the credit card debt. And then there's a way for you to replenish your retirement account so you're not robbing from your future. So if, if that's you, you know, that could be an option. And then that way you could be debt-free, kind of come above water, catch your breath, and then get back in the trenches and, and start working on your business. Now, your business is like a financial business. Do you want to tell us just a little bit about Quest Education and what you guys do? And if anyone is interested in, I don't know, getting support from you, what can they expect? Yeah. So the problem that we solve in the marketplace is helping people access money in a retirement account penalty and tax-free. Most people, the way their 401ks or IRAs are set up, if they ever wanted to take that money out before retirement age, they're going to pay 30%, maybe 40% in penalties and taxes to the IRS. No one wants to do that. So most people avoid touching their retirement account for that reason, or they just think that this money is just tied up and it's locked up. Um, That's not true. So, you know, there are ways to legally, um, per the IRS, per the government rules, for you to access your own money because it's your money. I feel like you should be able to touch your money when you'd like to without having to get nailed in penalties and taxes because it's your money. You work for it, right? So we teach people how to be able to access that pot of money penalty and tax-free and they could use that money to maybe pay off high interest rate credit card debt, uh, maybe invest into their business. You know, a lot of our clients that needed funding for their business. They were able to use their retirement account to fund their business or maybe invest outside the stock market. Maybe you're not a big fan of the stock market. So basically just giving people a lot more options and freedom and flexibility with their retirement accounts is, is what we do. And we've got customers in all 50 states um, and we've got an awesome team that could educate people and take them by the hand and uh, give them the tools that they need to you know, have a lot more uh, options on the table. Awesome. And if anyone is interested in getting your help with that, where can they find you? Best place would be danielblue.me. That's my main website. Um, That website has a link to my book. Um, I just released a book called Blueprint to Your Best uh, Retirement. Uh, Actually just hit bestseller in five categories. So that's a good good place to start there is is check out my book. Um, So I have a course called the quest way how to make money tax-free so if you're into like modules and videos and things like that the course is a good place to start too um also a link to my podcast my podcast is called how winners win um goal there is to just help people win in their personal financial business life so um been having a lot of fun and very consistent on the how winners win podcast um and then a link to uh, my company quest education can be found there so if you've got you know retirement account and the idea of accessing that money penalty and tax-free, if it appeals to you, head over to Quest Education and uh, just fill out a few basic uh, questions. And uh, someone from my team would reach out to you and uh, see if we'd be a good fit for each other. That is awesome. We will put all of that together in your show notes page, Daniel. So if anyone wants to go peek at those, you can go to eblogtalk.com forward slash Daniel Blue. Just thank you so much for being here and thank you for sharing your story. I know it's probably, I mean, it's a vulnerable 
time, right? To share stuff like that about your real life and what you've been through and some really hard stuff and hard decisions you've made in your life. So just thank you for sharing all of that. We really appreciate you. Hey, thank you so much for having me on your show. Yes. uh, Thanks again. And thank you for listening today, food bloggers. I will see you next time. We're glad you could join us on this episode of Eat Blog Talk. For more resources based on today's discussion, as well as show notes and an opportunity to be on a future episode of the show, be sure to head to eatblogtalk.com. If you feel that hunger for information, we'll be here to feed you on Eat Blog Talk. Oh, 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 o